Welcome back, everybody, to Who's Your Band. I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I'm great, Jeffrey. How was the Mets? Uh, <laughs> the, this is what I came to a realization. What Sean is referring to is um, I spent the last week in Port St. Lucie doing Met baseball camp, Met baseball fantasy camp. And um, this was my plan going in, not to play baseball for about 40 some odd years. Um, don't lose any weight before you go in and don't really practice for about three months before you go. Okay. Um, go in and think that you can play the way you did when you were in high school. So this is what I came to the realization of one, how fat I became. Yes. Secondly, how old I became. Yes. Okay. Uh, but with that said, I got a Mookie Wilson signed baseball. This is not a Mookie Wilson. This is when you get player of the game, this is what you get. Listen, even a blind okay. squirrel gets a fucking nut once in a while, yeah. Well, this this was basically I we were losing and our coach Kevin Baez, who was on the show, mm -hmm. and Bill Pulsiva said, if you get one more hit, if you make it a multiple hit game, you'll get player of the game. And in my last at bat. With my wife come down to watch me, I get a hit in my last at bat in that game. How does it feel to get player of the game for a game that means nothing that you had to had you had to pay to take a part of? This is the thing. It's like it's there's a, there's a lot of mixed emotions that go through when you when you do this. Uh -huh. um, there are some good, when you get a hit and when you when you put one in the gap, it feels great. When you barely beat it out to first base, that's a terrible feeling. Mm -hmm. um, the worst feeling I uh, of playing baseball at, at at this advanced age of mine is when I'm playing outfield one game and the put you in person, right field, didn't they? It put you in right field. I did play a little right field. Of course, I, I, you played right field. Go I, ahead. I pitched and I played second base, but I was in right field. Well, I and on on, on this particular play. Okay. Okay. And like, okay, come in, come in, come in. I come in, and of course, what do you think the guy does? Puts it over my head. Now there is no worse feeling when your legs are aching and your chest is wheezing and the ball doesn't stop fucking rolling. I wanted to hire a Chinese guy with a fucking rickshaw to just take me to the ball. The ball just keeps going and going. And like, I, I'm, I'm never going to get there. I'm never, it, it just keeps going because the grass is, is real short and it's real fast. The only saving grace was the guy who hit it was older and fatter than me. Okay? Is that possible? Yes. <laughs> yes. We had a guy on our team. He was 73, going to be 74 uh, before the end of this year. And he caught two games in a row. He was in great shape. This is this is my inspiration. I thought you said he was older than you. I don't get this whole fantasy camp bullshit. It's like you either do it or you or like you you do it when you were younger, like for real, or you just say oh. no, no, no. It, 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 it's it's more than that. I didn't understand it either until I got there. So this is what I think I'm going to wind up doing. I will get myself in shape. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to get myself in shape. I'm going to play ball. I'm going to join a league. Around his shape, Jeff. I mean. No, no, I'm not going to be around. Listen, I, I don't have anything to come out with you today because fucking unfortunately, 
You look good. You did a, 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 a half marathon or whatever the hell you did. Okay. I mean, you, you, you look, I got, you know, thank goodness. You look, you look, you look healthy. You yeah. know, you, you look at some of those pictures that you posted online. Look, you, you should be dead by now. Yeah, I should have been. And then yeah. that's why I was very lucky. And I realized that I had to do something about it. And one of the things I realized I'm never going to do is go to fucking Yankees fantasy camp. Because you know why? Yankee fantasy camp is as good as Mets fantasy camp. Oh, listen, anything Yankees is better than the Mets, no matter what. But not true, but go I on. I don't even like these these kind of like rock and roll fantasy camps when like you go and like you know the fucking third keyboard player from Loverboy is there and I, I don't like that shit. I think it's I think it's stupid. Who Alan Steinwick? I, I pulled it out of my ass and that's the third who's the third keyboard player for Loverboy. No, I see you're so stupid. I, I just made up that name. That's I the guy that, yeah, that's the guy from Fletch. This, this is why I don't even know. <laughs> you would know who, all right. Who was the second keyboard player for sticks? Well, there was only one. Oh, oh, oh the guy who it's Dennis the Young, and the guy who's in the band now is uh oh god, uh, uh Lawrence Garland. Nerd. This is why I make fun of you. <laughs> Nobody should know who the keyboard player for Sticks is. Not even the rest of the fucking members of Sticks should know what the keyboard player's name is. Well, he's he's actually pretty good. You know, he's he's a good singer. He's played in a couple of different bands. Um, but speaking of bands, yes. okay. And I'm glad that we're back doing this. And I'm Me glad I I'm, I'm happy it's me and you today. I missed you a little bit. You should. Okay. Um we 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 decided to do this this we, we always do these top 10 lists and we thought we do make it a little bit more challenging this time um yeah. we were going to do a top five list yeah top five ozzy songs not sabbath yeah but ozzy top five ozzy songs without okay? question the hardest list for me to do See, I thought it, I for you. I thought it might have been Metallica, which was which we did. I remember that being a challenge. This was hard because I mean, as much as I love Sabbath, I prefer Ozzy solo stuff over the Sabbath stuff. So this was a really, really hard one. And you know, I think I'm still making a change. I got. I can't. I can't do this. I have to make a change. Go ahead. Just keep talking. I got. I got to change this. Okay. So a top five list. Is is just like I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm be I'm gonna start right off and and tell you that I did not even put Crazy Train on here. Neither did I because it didn't make my top five, which could be Ozzy's most identifiable song. Okay, so when you when you have when you have to start by cutting Crazy Train, think about all the other deep tracks or the tracks that you really like that you couldn't put on this list. So to come up with a five um was this this was a tough one it wasn't the toughest thing for me to do i like i thought the, i thought the queen list was hard i thought the springsteen list was hard but the, again we had a little bit of leeway because we were doing top 10 but we're doing top five and that makes it doubly hard so um i'll go first and get, let, let sean kind of like relook at his list and i'm gonna go with um this is probably the most recent uh entry on my top five list is off of uh this album off of the osmosis album i'm gonna go perry mason um um i love the personnel my list, jeff 
Well, here's the thing. I love the personnel on this uh, on this uh, album. You have Zach Wilde. You have Giza Butler. You have Dean Castronovo, who played drums, who's, who's the drummer in Journey now, uh, and an amazing singer. Um, and I like the backstory about the song, too, because she's like, why is Ozzy Osbourne writing a song called Perry Mason? Do you think that maybe it's just kind of like, it's just like a coincidence they came up with this name no he wrote it because he felt like perry mason he felt that he was always in court at this part of, part of his life he was in court over uh the suicide uh, solution case so, you know a kid listens to the song suicide solution takes it that he has to take his life and the family sues uh ozzy personally uh he had uh a, a ongoing case which really like I think this hurt him personally throughout his life. Um, the case with bandmates Bob Daisley and Lee Kirksley. Um, and he said in an interview that all he wanted to do is get on with being a rock star. Instead, he he ends up being Perry fucking Mason. And mm -hmm. that was that's the kind of story with this uh with this song. Such a such a great song. I always like uh I see I'm a huge huge Zach Wilde fan and most of this like I, I had a I had a hard time with my list because for a while I didn't have one Randy Rhodes song on this list oh okay come on that, that's, that's sacrilegious Stop it. Stop it. well no because again my personal favorites are also you know they're different than what you know might be your personal favorites but um, so I went number five with uh, a fairly newer song. Um, I don't want to stop. Mm. Uh, I think the riff that uh, that Zach plays in this just it just is one of those riding the wave kind of riff, riffs, if you know what I mean. It's just mm -hmm. punches you right in the fucking teeth. I've always loved this song, and I think it's uh, it's one of the better ones off of that. It's it's not a great record, let's just get that out of the way. Um, there's uh what i'm trying to see what else is on this record uh because i don't do research like you do um yeah not not the best record you know the black rain one came out in 2007 i think that this is my newest uh on the list as far as most like most uh recent songs but i gotta tell you i think you are not going to like my list Oh, let's let's reserve judgment on that. I think I, I don't think I'm breaking too much ground on this. And then I like to compare our lists to our listeners' lists. So one thing about Ozzy is the amount of amazing guitars he's had in the band. You know, the aforementioned uh, Randy Rhodes, and then he had Brad Gillis in the band, who went on to fame with Night Ranger, and he had like Zach Wilde, who you said, and. Uh, yeah, well, that leads me to my fourth pick, uh, which is Shot in the Dark. Uh, off, Jeff. Off of Ultimate Sin in 86. That's my the thing is, four too. The thing is, I can't put a song, uh, I can't leave a song without Jakey Lee on it. Jakey Lee, I, I think, is one of the more underrated guitars. I think when you look at your lexicon of rock and roll metal guitarists, and everyone starts with Eddie uh, Eddie Van Halen. I think now the predecessor to that is Nuno Betancourt. I think Jakey Lee has always been in the conversation. I think he's a great... Uh, I think he's an underrated guitar, 100% underrated guitar player. You never see him on the top 10 list, but yeah. he absolutely should be. Um, 
the song though was written by bassist phil susan and mm -hmm. phil susan um for years played with uh dio and just a few months ago, maybe what, two months ago, over at Stallman Ballroom, I went over to see uh, Last in Line. And I got a chance. I'm three minutes away. You don't come by. You don't bring an Entenmann's. You don't you, want to have coffee. You, you, you had a gig that night. Oh, okay. Otherwise, I would have taken you to the shows. Okay. Uh, well, I wouldn't do that. You're, you're two minutes away. I would have brought an Entenmann's. I would have brought some cake. Um, no, uh, I, you got, I got a chance to meet him after the show, too. And he couldn't have been a nicer guy. And he was telling us how he wrote this song. Um, this was his first top 100 debuting song on the Billboard charts. And I think it came in at number 68, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know I, that. Yeah. Didn't... Yeah. At, at this point already, 86, you know, Ozzy has already built up a track record. Mm -hmm. You know, Remember, he gets fired from um, Sabbath in about 78. Yeah. All right. He, it's the last tour. And the last tour is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Um they're, they have Van Halen blown away every single night. Ozzy's not showing up for gigs. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Iommi has had enough of him. And he gets thrown out of the band. Um, he winds up taking a year to kind of get his act together. He puts together another band. Uh, his wife, Sharon, really starts to manage his career a little bit more closely. He puts together this killer band of just not players, but songwriters as well. And, you know, he the first album right out the gate is is, is amazing but it's, it's a there's a little bit of a rivalry going on because sabbath put out you know heaven and hell which was also a very acclaimed album okay so they're kind of going head to head um when in 86 he had already had about two or three real big albums and when so when shot in the dark comes out and it's a I real good record i think every record he had was a monster hit dude not, not true you don't think so? I mean, no, I think I think when you get into the I think when you start to get into the well, late man, 90s man. and 2000s, he, you know, as in terms of record sales, you know, things have gone down. But he he reaches his point where, you know, his top where he had Blizzard of Oz, he had a uh, diary of a madman. Oh. Um, then I then there was the double live album that came out, which was a great album, a mixture of, of Ozzy songs and Sabbath stuff. And then he put out uh, um, the song with Lita Ford. He had a whole bunch of stuff going on in the, in the 80s. So he's really big in 86. This is like where he is still, he's gone up, but he's reaching that point. Where it's, like, it's, it's the biggest of a solo. Uh, big hair Ozzy as well. It's yeah. Frosted tips Ozzy. Yeah. Ozzy, yes. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really like that look on him. You know? Do you I have like, a picture of you with frosted tips somewhere floating around? I you, do. Eric, I, you had that. Maybe? Yeah. Absolutely, I do. I know. I, listen, I'm that's not. I'm 90s not, Jeff. I am not joking. That's no. That, that's that's early 80s Jeff. I am not joking. As much as I bust your balls, I love you just as much. But my life will not be complete until I have a copy of you with ridiculously long Mike Tramp hair. Okay, it's it, when I had long hair, it was not frosted. Frosted was not a thing yet. Okay, okay. I, but I, but in my high school yearbook picture, it's more Bon Jovi, 80, you know, 80s of. Um, in and out of love. If, you know, what if you, I went to Tonville High School. Time, okay, so that way I can figure out. I can go online. And get, listen, I'm not ashamed. I'll, I'll get a picture. Oh, no, okay? no, no. I need, I need to do my research. Yeah. I need to investigate this. I am going to get the copy myself of Jeffrey's high school graduation picture. Mark my words, people. And then what we're going to do <laughs> is I'm going to put up the picture, and Adam is going to make that the screenshot of the episode when it goes on YouTube. Continue. <laughs>
Okay, so um, shot in the dark. Yes, number four. So, so shot, shot, in, shot in the dark, and it's become it's his first debuting song that enters the top one hundred on Billboard charts. So that's my number four. And that was mine too, and I reason I put it because I was ten when that came out, but I had known who Ozzy was. I had been introduced to Ozzy at that point, but this was the first time I actually saw him on video. I never saw another, a video of his beforehand because I don't really think he did a ton of them, right? I mean, uh, no, no, he he did. I mean, he had some real good ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, but, I but the like, early, but the early ones, like for like Crazy Train, was a terrible video. Yeah, I mean, I remember Bark at the Moon, but like I'm Bark at the Moon is the best video. I remember going backwards and seeing it. So, uh, Shot in the Dark to me was my first uh, visual experience with Ozzy. So that always leaves a special mark. But I think it's Jakey Lee's best song that he's ever that he wrote for Ozzy as well too, or played on with Ozzy. Um, yeah. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump into number three, my yeah. number three, only because I kind of just kind of sort of mentioned it. Uh, I was introduced to Ozzy from my uncle, who was one of my biggest music influences. And he's the one who says to me, you know, take some of my records. And, you know, because he was um, he was probably about 10 years older than you, maybe, or 15 years older than you. So, like, it was like that, that great gap, you know what I mean? He... um. So he hands me this record and he goes, just do me a favor, try and not listen to song number five. I was like seven years old when I got this record. And I'm like, all right, fuck, what's the first thing you do? Write to song number five, right? So the first song that I've ever heard from Ozzy Osbourne is my number three is Suicide Solution. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm surprised you picked that one. Uh, yeah, I was a little. Bit, I went back and forth on it, and I went more sentimental with it because I think if you really look at it, uh, "Crazy Train" is his most popular song. You know, it's his. Everybody loves it. Not me. Not you. That's fine. But I think "Suicide Solution" is his most notorious song because of the lawsuit, because of of the death and stuff like that. So I think people, um, if you know Ozzy, like you don't know Ozzy, but you know, okay, oh, it's a crazy train, right? But that might that song might come up too, you know. Suicide Solution might be the song that comes up right after Crazy Train in conversation with people who don't know Ozzy very well. Yeah, it has a it has a great uh, opening line. Uh, wine is fine, but beer is quicker. Suicide quicker, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I I like the song. It if it was this was a top ten list, it may have come in for me at number ten. I don't, I don't know. I still don't see it in my time, but it may have been. I um, flip between this and I don't know. Just so you know. Okay, well, don't don't spoil anything. Um, so <laughs> because I'm going to number three, and number three is off of Diary of a Madman, um, Over the Mountain, um, which Love is this. a great song. Um, this was written by Bob Daisley, okay, who wrote a lot of the songs that Ozzy had on his first two albums, which I think are his two best albums, by, by the way. Um, Bob Daisley days with uh, Ozzy become number because he really wanted to get more uh, of the writing credit. He wanted to get some of the publishing. He gets into it with uh, Sharon. He gets fired uh, from from the band. Uh, he gets you know uh, they wind up replacing a lot of uh, of his uh, tracks. Uh, re they reissued they reissued the albums with different players you know Bob Daisley not playing on it um I what I found interesting about this song was remember Frankie Benelli from uh, Quiet Riot 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, Frankie uh, had always claimed that he came up with the drum pattern for this song. Really? But um, Over the Mountain is a great riff. I think it's a great vocal. And I think, yet, I think, I think that, like I said, the two best Ozzy albums for me are the first two. So I had to have something. Again, this is a top five list. Not right. a top ten, so I I had to have something that represented Diary of a Madman, and I figured why not put it right in the middle. I don't I don't think that's a bad list. I gotta tell you, I really don't. Um, I disagree with you that his first two records are his best records because I think his uh his best record you will find out later on, from me at least. Um, what do you? Why don't you go into your number two? Right, my, well, my number two. Uh, of course, you had to um, you had to ruin it. Uh, it's uh, I don't know off a of blizzard of Oz in 1980, and here's the reason why. Um, it's the first song I ever heard from Ozzy. Um, mm-hmm. The first song I, you know as a solo is the first time I ever heard Randy Rhodes. Um, I think it's an amazing, amazing riff. Um, it's also great writing from Ozzy. Uh, and again, when I told the story at the beginning. He's the he writes the song when after he's kicked out of Sabbath. This is like one of the first songs he wrote. Um, he's depressed, um, and I think the line that really kind of like shows that he writes, "What's the future of of mankind? How do I know I got left behind?" Okay, Ozzy felt he had no future at this point. You know, he's he's a rehabbing alcoholic. Um, he's out of a, a band that he he helped start. It was an iconic band. And he doesn't know what the future holds. Does you know? Has the world passed him by? And as soon as you heard Randy Rhodes playing this, you knew that like you know this was special, man. I like everyone points to Eddie as the guitar player that kind of like changed music for them. For me, it was Randy Rhodes. I just I just think the guy I was just off the charts. I mean, he 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 didn't just play fast. He played with a lot of melody. To, to his study like what he wrote was beautiful it's real music i get the feeling if he would have lived he would have outgrown ozzy and he probably would have gone into a like he he may oh, have, yeah I, I, he would have evolved into a different t- style of music I he think. would not have been uh with ozzy much longer you know because again i always believe everything happens for a reason you know and because randy dies uh i uh, listen i'm i'm not a embarrassed to say this i think zach wild is not a better guitar player than Randy, but he's I think, not better. No, no, I, I, I just fucking said that. <laughs> but uh, I think what with Zach though is he really encompasses now the Ozzy sound. I think when you hear Ozzy, you associate Zach Wild as being the guitar player now and not Randy Rhodes. If that makes sense to you, I think he has more long, you know, more longevity with Ozzy at this point. A lot more longevity with Ozzy at this point. I, I, I just think his. I think I think Rhodes songs are more iconic and live on have been played more. I think I think I think you can almost combined everything past 92 and it doesn't add up to the downloads that you would get from a song. I'll like give Crazy you that. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But uh, listen, the reason I, I mentioned him is is numbered. My number two is um, a Zach Wild song. Uh, it's the first song that Zach Wilde is heard on. I put Miracle Man at number two. 
Oh, that's a great song. Everyone loves that one. That's a, that's a big Ozzy song. Monsters, yeah. Monster song, monster, monster song. But again, it really did introduce the world to Jack yeah. Wild. So and when I say that I think that he encompasses the Ozzy sound, I think that has to be the most important song from the Zach Wild era is the first one. You know what? Ozzy knew what he was doing. The, the organization knew what they were doing. They were putting together these great bands, but having it starting with a great guitarist. And not just not just like a guy who can play, but the guy who had like the look too. I mean, Zach looked like he was put on this planet to be a rock star, you know? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, he, I he, love the fact that when he started with Ozzy, he was about 140 pounds with, with long hair and no beard. Now all of a sudden he's this jacked up, roided, bearded monster is about 280. Yeah. But did you did you see he, he also was a guitar player in um in the movie Rockstar? Oh, of course. Yeah. Another former guest of ours, Blas Elias from uh, Slaughter, was the, the, the drama, and Jeff Filson from uh, Dokken, and now Foreigner was the bass player in that band. Yes, and uh, Mark Wahlberg was the lead. It was a great movie. I still like that movie. It's uh, it's, it's a horrible movie, but uh, it's it's got the nostalgia. All right, so for me, number one, uh, no surprise, it's I have two songs that that are my two favorite heavy metal songs of all time. One, of course, has to be uh, a maiden song, Hollow Be Thy Name. I could play it, I could play it 5,000 times in a row and never get bored of it. And the other one is Mr. Crowley off of Blizzard of Oz. This is easily my favorite Ozzy songs. When I made this list, this is the first thing I wrote down. Easily my favorite one. Um, as everyone knows, is about the occultist uh, Alistair Crowley. Um, but, the, but the way the song starts, it starts with this moody keyboard solo by don airy um the way he wrote this song well you know that that part was they were looking for a way to really like get the song started and don airy had these thoughts in his head and just says get out of the kicked everyone out of the studio studio give me an hour an hour later he comes it comes back with with that what you hear on record now which is which as soon as you hear it you know what it is it gets you pumped you know it's great um the other thing i love about it you know the way it starts you know the first vocal you know ozzy's mr crowd and then bam it, go, it gets into the song two beautiful solos in this uh probably the two of the most well at least one of the most uh, identifiable like 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 the like smoke on the water that is the way I think the guitar lead in this is. Like people know it. Like you, you, you know what song this is. You could, you no, could pull it out. Forty-five-year-old no. to sixty-two-year-old men fucking know this song instantly. Some Joe Schmo who fucking lives in the middle of in, of Uruguay doesn't know this goddamn song. He'll okay. know this song. He'll know this. No okay. Um, and what what and the way he wrote the song, the or why he wrote the song is they're in the studio and the, there was a deck of tarot cards uh just sitting around and he just starts putting pa uh, uh, pen to paper and starts writing about alistair crowley and this is what you came up with you know i i think the the, the best ozzy song um this may this may pass a sabbath song for me i don't know yet i think you're gonna hate my number one i really think you're gonna hate my number one well, let me give me a second. 
because I want to try and I'll give you two guess guesses. what it's going to be. I, I know you get, don't get me mad because you can, I hope you don't pick something stupid like goodbye to romance. No, that's your one yeah, guess. Okay. Right, that's my one guess. All right, good. So I won't get that mad. I put it on for a couple different reasons. I think it's a perfect, really a perfectly written song. Number one, and I don't say that very often. I think the lyrics, I think the guitar lines, the, there's there's a couple different riffs in this song too, which I think is cool. Um, Ozzy did not write this. One of my favorite people on the planet wrote this. I went with Mama, I'm Coming Home at number one. And here's why I did it. I think it's got, it still has radio play. It still has radio power. Lemmy from Motorhead wrote this song. Um, uh, you know, with a couple other songs from uh, No More Tears as well. I see you're holding your, you're holding your, you're holding your tongue. No, because because here's here's the funny thing. So after you're done with your list, I was gonna I was gonna start giving out what some of the people wrote. Very first comment we have is "Mom, I'm coming home." I, I think it's just a great song. No More Tears for me. Like you said, the first two albums are your favorites of Ozzy's. Nothing touches No More Tears for me. That's by far my favorite record by Ozzy. Um, like Zach even covers No More Tears when he started Black Label Society. That was one of the first songs they put out was his cover of No More Tears because he wrote the whole thing. And it's it's like drop down four steps. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, that's my my special album. Uh, again, the video was huge. It was right when like I think 80s metal was really at the at the apex you know, and I, I lumped that into 80s metal, too, for some reason, because I guess the big hair and whatever. But uh, the MTV play on this was nuts. It was the biggest video he ever had, hands down. I mean, it, it was number one for like seven weeks on uh, on MTV. And uh, Zach's playing on this record is just perfect. Because, but the intro, the 12 string, and then his solo is not a very complicated solo, but it's one of those ones where it completes the entire song. I can't hear that song without hearing the solo, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it finishes the song. Yeah, so that's my number one. Well, here's the thing about your list. You know, um, it's not predictable. And, and you know, I like that we both didn't put Crazy Train on it. Well, I we, think, we don't agree on much, but we both agree that was never going on our list. Right, that, that was like when we did Queen, we're not putting Bohemian Rhapsody on it. You know, um, I tend to go with a little bit more of the commercial songs. You go with, a, I think, some of the deeper cuts. Um, but you can't, you can't go wrong with an Aussie list. So let me pull up some of what people put here. Yeah, um, some of okay. they're right or wrong. All right. So Joe Anthony. Wrong. Uh, comedian Joe, well, he put Mom, I'm Coming Home, Balk at the Moon. Um, okay, he... And he did say uh, Crazy Train. Um, let's see. Brad Trackman. You know Brad Trackman? Sure. I don't know the name. I don't know him. Oh, no, I did work. I didn't work with Brad. Once. Yeah, we. Brad has to come on the show. He's a big music guy. He's a drummer, too. Um, SATO, that was the one that I was having a real hard time uh, trying to get on this list. Uh, great, great song. Um Crazy Train, Bark at the Moon, Mr. Crowley's Suicide Solution. Uh, do you know Tim Grill? Of course I know Tim Grill. He's a Grill player. comedian. Uh, musician as well. Uh, Diary of a Madman, that's a good song. Revelation, Mother Earth, not bad. Uh, Tonight, 
Crazy Train and No More Tears. Um, former guest, one of uh, Sean's good friends, Daniel McRitchie. Ah, fuck him. Uh, S-A-T-O-O, uh, Flying High Again. That's not a bad one. Uh, Crazy Train, Bark at the Moon, I Don't Know. Um... People, when when you ask for Ozzy songs, love giving you Sabbath stuff. Well, they uh, don't know what we're talking about. So, I mean, a lot of people associate Sabbath with Ozzy, like as as the same people. You know, they don't realize he was a part of it. Okay, so now two good loyal listeners, Roy Mackey, uh-huh. picks uh, Mr. Crowley, mm-hmm. Perry Mason, "See You on the Other Side." That's the first time we've heard Great. that come up. Great song. Good- Goodbye to Romance, uh, which um, I don't understand why I like it. And Crazy Train. Okay. Dave Nidal, who loves, loves the lists. You know, he and he comments on it and writes every time we make a list. Uh, Crazy Train is his number one. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it's okay to include it. I don't know if I'm putting it in number one, but maybe he's putting it in number one because it kind of feels uh, it's the most successful. Uh, Balk at the Moon, Mr. Crowley, No More Tears, Suicide Solution. He might have the most all-around best list, though, if you think about that. It's a good list. Now, this is, I think, one of the most... I think this is is probably... A really interesting. Brian Roth. Hellraiser. Okay, another song Lemmy wrote. Okay, uh, Mama, I'm Coming Home. Lemmy. Perry Mason. Zach. Green. Ew. And No More Tears. I don't think Scream belongs on any of these lists, but the rest of it's not that bad, but not a top five. But, no, but, you know, what I like about it is there are two songs here that we haven't, no one even mentioned Hellraiser and Scream. So I, I think that's kind of uh, interesting. Jim Wright puts down uh, Mr. Crowley, Flying High Again, Suicide Solution, Balk of the Moon, I don't know. So you get a, you get a lot of votes here for uh, Mr. Crowley and Flying High Again does seem to be kind of like one um, that people seem to like. Okay, Steve Rose. Uh, interesting. Balk at the Moon. Revelation Mother Earth. I do not like that song. Crazy Train He Greats, of course. I Don't Know. Shot in the Dark. And he could not narrow it down to five. He had to put an honorable mention in Mr. Crowley. And then he goes, how can you also leave out Over the Mountain? And I agree. Must be from the same graduating class in Tottenville High School. I think that guy was a Tottenville High School graduate. <laughs> I know my shit, Jeffrey. Yes, you did. Can't get one past you, Sean Morton. But that, but that's our list, and I think, I think, I think it's a good one. I think we have some pretty good stuff on here. Yeah, this was. I, I tell you, like I, I said this to you before. I really had a hard time with this list. I changed it. I normally, I first of all, we understand the one thing, okay. You are fantastic on this podcast when it comes to doing research and knowing the backstories and the information and the questions and things like that. We all know that I bring the levity, but bring no fucking preparation to this show at all. I was like three goddamn days changing this list. I've never done this before. On all the list shows that we've done, I changed this at a minimum 25 times. I changed it up until three seconds before I started talking. I changed it again. I, the only time I really did that, I think, was the Springsteen list. The Springsteen list is like, 
if you're driving, say like you have a gig on um, on Saturday night and you got a two, three hour ride coming home and you're, you're listening to some music and all of a sudden, you know, a Springsteen song pops on, like say Spirit in the Night that you didn't like, oh fuck, I didn't even remember it. And you're like, you know what? That is an amazing song. Like, I got to add this on the list. What can I take out? I think that happened to me when we did the list and it wasn't Spirit in the Night. It was, uh, I came for you. For you. For you, for you, I came for you. Remember that song? I just wanted to get you to sing on the radio, on, on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember that song at yeah. all. It, it's, it's a great song. I'll take your word for it. You don't know that's all off the first album? Uh, not off the top of my head right now, no. Hmm. No, I do well, not. Anyway, that, that, that made my, I remember that made my list because I was driving home and that came on. I was like, my God, man, I, I, I would just have to like now find it on my, my phone and just now stop playing and stop going through a rabbit hole of the song. I'm going to go do a deep dive of watching Ozzy's entire set from the 1989 Moscow Music Peace Festival. Because that's what I was. I watched about three of those videos today. Because when I was trying to get up like different lyrics and stuff like that, and uh, he was so goddamn good in '89. That's why I love the fact that that was my like real peak of Ozzy. And it all goes back to that goddamn thing that Billy Vera said: the music that you listen to at 13 is the music that you will listen to for the rest of your life. And I think that's the best quote on the show. No question. I, I must have heard quote a thousand times to people. And you know what? And they all stop and you see them pulling their fingers out and they're counting and they go, okay, well, I was 13. Oh my God. These are all the CDs that are in my car. So again, when Ozzy Moscow Music Peace Festival, I was 13. And to me, that was one of the, that was at that point, that was like a real monstrous thing for me to see all like my, my favorite bands like Bon Jovi and Skid Row and, and Ozzy all on one big show. You know, oh, that was I, really pushed on MTV too. I got a, I got a funny, it's not, I don't know how funny it is, but it's an Ozzy story. Um, two of them. Uh, first time I go see him, like you're not Sabbath, it's Ozzy. And me and my me and my friends, we they were playing out at the Nassau Coliseum, and we bought tickets, but but we all none of us could drive because we weren't old enough. And but we were like, we're gonna figure out a way to get there. Someone will drive us. Of course, day the concert comes, no one can drive us. All right. So we kind of like our group of friends kind of break up, and me and my friend Stan wind up trying to take a we take a train, the ferry train again we wind up getting a cab we, we this was the bill it was the opening act was Def Leppard uh middle band was Joe Perry Project and then Ozzy uh closing it so we missed all of Def Leppard we get there at the end of Joe Perry and then got to see Ozzy which was amazing um another story uh and this involves one of your your favorite bands two of your favorite bands hmm. um I'm working, you know, doing the show. Like uh, when at the time when we were doing concerts, when you know you weren't touring, you would do local stuff. And so I would always get called to do stuff either in Jersey or in the city. Jersey was easy, great gig. So they asked me to do uh, Ozzy, and my job was really I was working stage left. I was just like in charge of what was going on over on that part of the stage. Um, 
on the bill was opening Motorhead. Middle band was Ugly Kid Joe. And then Ozzy closes it out. All right. Ozzy does, uh, he does the show. And afterwards, he comes out off stage left and literally collapses in my arms. Okay, take him with his head security guy. Now, follow my finger. If we're here, we have to go all the way around to over here. So you're going all the way around, like, you know, figure like you're going past uh, the the ice, you know, you know, behind the net uh, where his dressing room would be. And we're literally carrying him. Okay. We get him into his dressing room and put him on the couch. And his security guy goes, you have to get out and let nobody comes in. Nobody. Now he has to, they got to get him up because he has a meet and greet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So about 45 minutes later, somehow he pulls it together and he does a meet and greet. Now the show must've ended a little bit before 11. And by about two o'clock in the morning, I'm still there. And the security guy goes, "Hey, would you, you know, do you want to go and meet him?" And I was like, at this point, I was like, "I'm good. I just want to get out of here. We we're good to go." And that was it. That's a pretty cool story. I'm not, I can't make fun of that. I'd like to, but I can't make fun of that. Yeah, it was again. That was back in the day. That was in the '90s. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm gonna almost give you the guarantee. The 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 exact date was. I can't remember the year, but I'm pretty sure it was March. No, I'm talking about the March. It was October. It was October either 5th or 8th. And the reason why I, I remember that and the reason why I wanted to leave so bad was because that's when allergy season would kick in. And my allergies were killing me. You're a fucking nerd. So I, that was 95 or 96? It, it, had, it, it, it could have been. Yeah, Ugly 95. Kid Joe was... They had already... I knew... Um, they were huge at that point. What was their big hit? Uh, what's that song? Everything About You and yeah. Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. They had already had both songs out. All right, so it's 96. 96. So it had to be then. Yep, I was at that show. Little did we know, Jeffrey, the 25 years would, And if you would have known me back then, we could have gotten you backstage passes. If I knew you back then, trust me, I still would have thought you were a fucking nerd. Well, listen, you, you were what, like, you know, 700 pounds? No, <laughs> uh, you finally made it funny. Uh, no, I was I was a big boy then. Yeah, I was a big boy. But anyway, this was a fun episode. It was. I enjoyed it. And uh, next week, I don't think I told you yet. Uh, we're going to do a special episode. We okay. have we have Steve Travelis from one hundred one point five coming on. Oh, and nice. yeah, and we're going to talk about the Beatles' new song that's out. Okay, and he's a big Beatles fanatic, right? Well, yep he he actually requested. I, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk off air. I may have an idea for that show too. Okay, and I'm not going to say it on here in case it did, you know someone listened to it. Okay, so on that case, guys, thank you for listening. Subscribe, um, Adam. You know. Just keep doing Adam's stuff. We appreciate you, you know, getting this, the the podcasts out there, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Okay, we we had to take a little hiatus. You know, uh, it was the end of sun. You know, whatever was going on, we were traveling. We had stuff going on, and but we're back now, and we have we'll we'll have a bunch of new shows coming out. Yep. Uh, you know, and uh, coming up in the new year, so this is good, and uh, we'll catch you next time, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Later, guys. <laughs>